0: You can also check us out on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about what PCLV is all about. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. Praise the Lord, everybody. How's everybody doing tonight? How's everybody doing tonight? Come on, isn't God good? Hasn't he brought you out? Well, you ought to give God some praises. I'm excited. It's like a homecoming for me, amen? Even though I've only been gone like a month and, and two weeks, amen, but it's like a homecoming. It, only, it seems. does it seem like the entire summer? That's because it has been, amen? Yeah, well, it, it was a lot of fun, but, but it was time. Pastor Art was right. I got the text. He was like, it's time to come home. I was like, wow, I felt like like I was 17 again, amen? I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> but it was time to come home. I missed everybody here. I missed y'all. This is my home. Columbus, Ohio is where I grew up. My mother is my mother, but this is my home, amen? And so I love everybody here, and I'm grateful to be back, and I'm just grateful to be in the number, amen? God is good, church. God is so good. I, I, I can tell you that I got refreshed uh, being away, um, and so God was able to speak to me. You know, sometimes when we are in the, the the throes of life and things are going on, we can get a little distracted. And so God had to kind of take me to the backwoods to get my attention um, this go around. And so it tastes a little spooky in them backwoods. You know, I grew up in the city. You know, I started. I started. I, I'm not lying. This is the truth. I heard some coyotes like one night. I was like, hold on, real quick. Get my. Let me get my suitcase out. Amen. But. But everything was all right, and so um, I'm grateful to be home uh, and and be be amongst all of you. Um, I'm grateful to see my pastors. Can we give God some praise for them? Now let's give them a hearty praise. I got <laughs> I got my I got my mother in, behind them, and and I love her with all that I can love her. But, Amen. But, the, but these are my spiritual parents, and, and, you know, my mother prayed me out of the street when I was a, when I was a young man. And so, uh, you know, and she, when she was praying for me, she asked that the Lord would always sustain me and that I would find a home to grow in. And I found that here. Um, I, was not a, I was not a young saint when I came here, uh, but I was an, an older saint that was broken. Amen. And so God had to really work with me, and he did that by using his servants. And so I'm grateful to my pastors, and I'm grateful to see, I, I love y'all, miss y'all, I really did, amen, and grateful to all of you, I, I really, um, oh, and just so you know, my, my wife and my daughter, I miss them terribly, they will not be back until uh, Sunday night, or Saturday, no, yeah, it'll be Sunday night, so they're in Minneapolis, yeah, so so just so you know, Effie is walking now, she's walking around and running, well, don't say all, oh, because like, now I'm tired, <laughs> Now, y'all know I had my, my children like like Abram and Sarah, right? Like, I'm old, you know? It wasn't like I was 22 or 23 and, and my back's not hurting, you know? And she's like, you know, and now she's doing this thing where she puts her head back, like, like, ah! I'm like, look at, like, the Lord rebuke you, right? <laughs> no, that's my baby girl. I love her and I miss her, but they will not be back, so they won't be here. And so um, just pray for their traveling mercies as they're on the plane. It's not always so easy uh, to uh, have a, a toddler on the plane I, I you know when she's acting up a little bit I'm like you're our little toddler terrorist but <laughs> but we wouldn't have it any other way you know God blessed us um, there are so many we have some friends that we're uh, that, that we know that are trying to have children and they cannot uh, but God blessed us right away and so that's a blessing and so we <laughs> yeah and right away <laughs> oh Lord <laughs> Help me, Jesus. <laughs> I'm gonna be working till I'm 75, Lord. <laughs> but no, seriously, though, no, I'm blessed, you know. And God is—if if God allowed, i am a firm believer that if God allows you to bring him to the world, uh, in, in the children into the world, He'll give you means to take care of them if you put Him first. Amen. And so I—I I have not forgotten that. Um, you know, I—I I, I will tell you that that the Lord gave this time for me as a place of rest. Uh, amen. But also uh, as a uh, space to challenge me, and sometimes, how, how many of us know that we are when we are being challenged, uh, it, it can hurt a little bit. Somebody say, "Ouch!" Yeah, I had a couple of ouch moments, you know. Uh, and and often, you know, it, you know, sometimes when the Lord comes to you, it's not always that you know what you're gonna get that house you want. You're not gonna get that truck. You know what? You need to change your attitude a little bit. You need to do this. Yeah. Come on, somebody. You know. I don't know about, I don't know, I'm just going to talk about my God and how he deals with me, amen. And so, you know, if, 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 you know, I don't know how many of you, uh, when God is speaking to you, but oftentimes it's something uh, to correct. And the Bible declares that uh, he chastens who he loves. What that means is, is that he corrects. And so just know that when God is correcting you, come on somebody, that you're still in the number, that he still has use for you. Amen. So uh, just, you know, I I can honestly say that, that he is uh, challenging uh, me in some areas and uh, trying to prepare me for some things. Um, And so with that uh, is the prodding period. And so when you're being prodded a little bit, it's not comfortable. Um, But to God be the glory. Amen. Let's get into the word tonight, shall we? All right. We're going to come out of uh, Matthew 3, 1 through 11. It's Matthew 3. 1 through 11. It's good to be home. It's good to be amongst family. That's Matthew 3, 1 through 11. This is your first time in the Bible. It's in the New Testament. Amen. Amen. It's Matthew 3, 1 through 11. When you get there, just say amen. Amen. And it reads as such. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was uh, baptizing, he said to them, you brood of vipers! Somebody say, well, (laughs) oh yeah, I'm back. (laughs) Amen. Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children from Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance. Come on, somebody. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Come on, church, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your spirit resting, hovering over this place. We ask that you would open up the atmosphere like never before, that lives would be changed, that people would be challenged and chastened, for you do truly chasten who you love. Lord God, we ask that you would take authority over everything that is not like you, Whatever is outside of this building, whatever tries to creep up in here. Lord God, where the enemy would try to set up camp, ambush it in the name of Jesus. You are sovereign, you are good, you love us. You know what the plans that you have toward us. They are thoughts of peace and not of chaos to give us an expected end. We love you and we look to you. In the precious and mighty name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Amen. Come on, give God some praise, church. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. If you're going to operate today, I want you to get this. you got to have that voice of fire, the voice of fire. Yeah, see, this is what I want you to understand, that, that this summer uh, I spent a lot less time talking and more listening. Uh, you know, the, the, the Bible says to be slow to speak or, and to be quick to do what? to listen. And sometimes that's difficult when we are living the life in this society that we're living right now. Uh, And for an entire month, I found myself without technology. Yeah, see, that's easier said than done, right? I had limited cell phone usage and almost no computer access. And I seemed to be detoxing from Netflix and Hulu and all of those pleasures that we have at home, all those streaming services and things that we love. I didn't have in the backwoods of Tomahawk, Wisconsin. Uh, Go with me for a minute. Yet there was one thing that I had access to every night and that was the nightly news on public television. So it was a little foreign to me because I haven't watched public television in a while. And so after we would be swimming and boating and fishing and I would chasing my daughter around who just learned how to walk, amen, I would migrate into this cottage, yes, I said cottage, that I was staying in And about this time, watch this, the news would start, as it always does, with politics and some random tragedy that has happened in our country. How many know that our country is going through some changes right now? Amen. And this summer, we can see these changes with cities like Chicago descending into chaos, Uh, the murder rate just uh, skyrocketing, and cities like Flint, Michigan, who are still yet without clean water, and our president who is facing now difficult times from Washington. And after watching all this, I want you to get this, I couldn't help but contemplate on the state of our nation and where we go from here. Okay. And as I thought about it a little bit more, and I began to just meditate on it, I heard the Holy Spirit say something as I was meditating. He said to me, where is your voice in all of this? It was in this moment that I recognize that mostly what I have been for quite some time is a bystander. Yeah, see, a tourist in my own country that I claim to love and pray for. I'm coming tonight, church. The place I call home, the USA, is suffering, and yet I have not been the voice that our society needs. Now, I'm not the only one to carry the voice, We all are responsible for that. But brothers and sisters, I come here to tell you tonight, amen, that if we are going to be the voice calling out in the wilderness, we are going to have to be that voice of fire. Come on, somebody. Yeah, see, uh, we are living in a time now, I want you to listen to me, uh, where people have access to so much information related to religion that the powerful message of Jesus Christ is now being lost. All you have to do now is look on social media and YouTube, and you can find a great number of people confessing Christ and chattering about him, but denying the power of the true message. Yeah, see, which leads me to believe, I want you to listen, that there is a difference between people who talk about Jesus and those who are the voice for Christ. Yeah, see, uh, Praise Chapel, I'm here to tell you tonight that if we are going to be the voice, we are going to have to bring the voice with fire. Come on, somebody. You're going to have to bring that fire. How many believe that they have fire in their voice? All right. Now, the Lord heard you. There's a cost with bringing the fire. You see, what I'm learning, Pastor Art, about this Christ walk is that those who are truth bringers and shake things up are often seen as a problem. They're often seen as troublemakers. Yeah, see? Yeah. Some more than others. (laughs) People who serve Christ indiscriminately and who don't care about the consequences are street preachers and people who go over into regions of the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ Uh, will be acting as a voice on behalf of the living God. So with that, I have a question tonight. Are we just talking, or are we the voice of God, for God? Okay. Yeah, see, John the Baptist, I want you to get this, was a voice coming out of the wilderness, imploring, talking to the people, watch this, to prepare the way for the Lord and make straight paths for him. Uh, John's life was of great importance and yet he was such a mystery. John the Baptist was truly a mystery. He was he was considered a peculiar man, a weird man. Some people said that he looked disheveled that his hair was all over the place. Ah uh, but here's the thing church. He was a true voice for the master. And what I want you to understand tonight is that it's not always predicated on how you look and what you have on. It's predicated on what you have in your heart. Church, I want you to understand tonight that you don't have to necessarily worry about what you look like and whether you have on Gucci and Louis Vuitton. God wants to know if you got some word on the inside. Come on, church. The New Testament tells us that while John was still being formed in his mother's womb, the angel of the Lord appeared to Zachariah and told him that John would be a Nazarite. Now here's the thing, what a Nazarite is, is someone who was set apart for God's purpose. When John would become an adult in the desert, he would be in the desert when the Lord would finally call him out. Now that's scripture. He was ready and he was waiting and God called him. And all of us live right here in a desert. All of us live in the desert that's called Las Vegas but are we ready to be the voice? Okay, yeah, see, uh, yeah, see John's clothes were not from Old Navy and H&M. Uh, he, it was not from Forever 21 or the Gucci store. There was no Taco Taco, no In-N-Out Burger. None of that stuff was existing. The Bible declares and the text shows us that John's clothes were made of camel's hair and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. John was strange, but let me tell you something, church. He was effective. Are you effective, church? Come on. Yeah, see, uh, get this. He had no authority within Judaic society, but he had all the authority he needed in Christ Jesus. Okay, yeah. I feel it tonight. (laughs) Let me tell you, if we are going to be the voice of fire, get this, church. The first thing we must remember is that there has to be less of us and more of God. It has to be less of us and more of God. When our attention is on him instead of things, God can do supernaturally wondrous working power things beyond our basic comprehension. Oh, yeah. Not only in our lives, but in the lives of others. Are you with me tonight, church? Yeah, see, uh, this is the thing, church. People are dying every day. You don't have to have the finest clothes to do anything that God when God calls you to do something. God desires for our voice to be powerful. He desires for our voice to be powerful. Because let me tell you something. The world is going to hell in a handbasket. The world is going to hell in a Ferrari, as as old preachers would say. That's what's happening. (laughs) It's the truth. Have you seen what's going on out there right now? Yeah. And the greatest trick that's going on right now is that people actually believe that there are no consequences for the way that they live. Listen, this is not about bringing fire and brimstone today. This is about being the voice of fire. Because, see, when you're the voice of fire, you don't care about what anybody has to say. When you're the voice of fire, let me tell you, when it's less about you and more about God, you will do anything that you have to do to get the message of Jesus Christ out. Come on. Listen. (laughs) Yeah, see, this is the thing. Uh, John the Baptist was considered weird, but he had power, and he was obedient to God. He was not consumed With monetary thing. Less about him, more about God. That's why verse 5 lets us know that people went out to him from everywhere confessing their sins and were baptized. Don't you understand that when you are walking in the fullness of God and your call and everything that is around you, when you are really truly walking in God's purpose, it's not always about going to people. People will be drawn to you. Don't you understand that that happens? When you truly have an anointing on your life, when God has called you and set you apart, just like John the Baptist, don't you understand that people will come running to you? The Billy Grahams of the world, the Catherine Kuhlmans, they, everywhere they went, thousands followed. That was not by chance. That is by God. God has called his people to be set apart. Do you believe it tonight, church? Come on. Yeah, see, there was a man. Let me give you, I'm gonna give you an example. There was a man by the name of Vernon Johns. Now, Vernon Johns, before Martin Luther King, before... Uh, some of the prominent civil rights leaders that you would ever hear about. Vernon Johns was a a man who traveled city to city. He was an educated man. He was also anointed. God anointed him to, to preach the gospel. And here's the thing about Vernon Johns. Vernon Johns would show up to places and he would have on overalls. Now, during this particular time, church, people didn't wear anything but black suits, black ties, white shirts. It was very, very traditional. But Vernon Johns would show up with mud on his boots and he would have overalls on. Now, by chance, just just by chance, by a show of hands, do, do any of you believe that there are some people in, the, in there that had a problem with that? <laughs> but let me tell you something. When Vernon Johns got up to preach, brother, people got saved. And let me tell you something. I don't care if you have on mud on your shoes. I don't care if your hair is disheveled. I don't care if you have on a leather belt. I don't care if you eat grasshopper locusts. If God told you to say it, you better say it. Because here's the thing. I would rather be in the will of God than to bust hell wide open. Come on. Uh, see, this is the thing, church. Uh, we know that people are dying every day. And God is calling us out right here in the desert, right here in Las Vegas, and asking who among us will be the voice. John's voice was the mouthpiece of the one true God who was urging the people to prepare the way for the coming of Christ Jesus. But can I tell you something? Like always, guess what happened? There was some opposition. There was some opposition. How many understand that when you truly begin to walk in the fullness of God, people have a problem? Yeah, okay. You start removing yourself from people, places, and things. Let me give you an example. When I was home, we were staying, I was staying at a, at a place so that I, I could accommodate, you know, having the dog because we took our dog and everybody, and one of, yeah, and one of my friends came over to the house with his girlfriend, and then you know, and, and the conversation was good, but it, but what I began to notice is that the conversation was the same from the time before I got saved. And let me tell you something: when you truly begin to change, you don't have to tell them that you've changed. They will self-convict and go if you are truly. Wa- okay, come on, yeah, <laughs> yeah, see. <laughs> But like always, (laughs) there's some opposition. Yeah, see, John the Baptist faced some opposition. And brothers and sisters, if you are going to be the voice of fire, like I said, the second thing we are going to have to do is to declare God's word in total obedience, even when there is trouble. Now I want to ask a question, an honest question. How many of us have hesitated speaking the truth to someone because we are afraid of the outcome. Let me ask you a question. If there were 10 Muslims outside and the Lord told you to go speak to them about Christ, would you do it? Maybe they look a little intimidating. Maybe you have some preconceived notions about what they're into. Maybe they look suspicious to you, but God still told you. Okay. Listen, I'm not trying to convict nobody because I don't have a hell to put nobody in and a heaven to keep you out of. But here's the thing. We are called to hold each other accountable. And if we are going to be the voice of fire, if we are walking in obedience like we say we are, then it should not matter if it was 10 Muslims or 100 Muslims. When God told you to say it, you say it. Come on. Uh, see, here's the thing. I will tell you that God, that when God has given us a voice of fire, like we say he has, he is less concerned with our delicate sensibilities, those things that make us sensitive and more about his divine purpose. Okay. See, the Bible declares in this text that the Pharisees and Sadducees had to come to witness the baptism. These were religious folk. We all we know no religious folk, right? Okay, I know, right? These were religious folks who were considered leaders amongst their people. But they came out But John the Baptist rebuked them, and he said, get on out of here, you brood of vipers. John told a bunch of religious folks about themselves. Have you had to tell anybody about themselves, but you did it in a godly way? Have you ever had to get somebody together, let them know? We don't bring that mess in this house. Let me tell you, I'm going to use my sister over here, Sister uh, Sister Veronica. When I first came to the church, she was somebody in there, and and they was— They were smoking or doing something. And she just very, she was doing something in worship and she came right out of worship and said, we don't do that in this house, brother. I was so impressed with that because let me tell you something, there are some people that will let that thing go on. But when you are walking in total obedience, you are unafraid of what God has for you to do. Listen. Let me tell you something about speaking truth to power. Speaking truth to power, that means speaking prophetically. When you are truly speaking truth to power, it's going to be uncomfortable, but you have to stand fast. See, here's the thing about these modern-day prophets, and I want to help somebody who's learning about prophecy real quick. When you see, when you hear somebody and they're using the same language as other prophets, it's your season, and God told me to tell you, and you hear it over and over and over again, be a little leery. The Bible declares to try the Spirit by the Spirit, and let me tell you something else. When it doesn't line up With the vision of God, the vision of this house, the vision of our leader. Can I tell you something? It's not of God. Okay. There's scripture to support that. But I'm going to keep going though. Church, I'm almost done. How can God use us as Christians and we don't use our voice? He's given us so many gifts, and yet we remain voiceless. I want you to sit with that for a minute. Why is that? Why have we remained voiceless when there's a world that's hurting, when there's a world that's suffering, when there's a, word, when there's a world that's, a, that's addicted, when there's a world that's killing indiscriminately, when there's a world that's separating, when there's a world that's racist? Why are we refusing to use our voice? Let me tell you something. When you get, you, when you notice about the election years, and, and you'll see it as the election year begins to approach more, People try to use Christians as a platform to get people elected. But you have to ask yourself in this moment, is there a voice speaking on behalf of us or somebody claiming to know God but really truly denying his power, really speaking for us? It's time for the people of God to take their place and gain their voice back, church. Listen, this is the last thing that you have to do. If you really wanna walk with the voice of fire, You have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Is anybody in here that wants to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Oh, yeah, it's your night tonight. The text says, ha, shamokosa. The text says in verse 11, I will baptize you with water. for But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. What John the Baptist was doing here was speaking prophetically. Now, this is prophetic preaching right here. He was talking about the day of Pentecost that had not yet occurred. Yeah, see, John was telling a group of sinners that the Holy Spirit was being sent by Jesus to empower his people. But I want you to hold on for a second, church. A voice of fire is not just a voice of truth to the people of God. It is an edification of the glory of God. Come on, church. A voice of fire equips, rebukes those who need to be rebuked. It edifies, encourages, tears down strongholds. But above all else, the voice of fire gives praise to the God who gave you the voice in the first place. Come on, church. Oh, glory to God. I'm going to tell this story, and I promise I'm going to my seat. I love this story that my mother tells. (laughs) See, when when I was about three or four, we lived in a hotel lived in a hotel and my father, my mother was trying to escape and get away from my father because he was abusive. They they were no longer, they, they could no longer be together. And so she began to surrender her life. And the day that she got saved, I love this story that she tells. There was a woman that cleaned the hotel rooms and we was, it was a small motel. I can still remember it after all these years, I was four years old, three or four years old. There was an older woman cleaning this motel and began to talk to my mother about Jesus. She was the voice of fire. Come on, church. She was the voice of fire and began to talk to my mother about Jesus and invited her to church. And don't you know, my mother, the day that she got saved, said, I keep keep feeling something in my throat. And all the woman kept doing was just laughing and saying, baby, that ain't nothing but the Holy Ghost. But don't you know, by the time that she got to church, listen, church, by the time she got there, It wasn't even two songs in. She began to speak in tongues. And she had never even been in a holiness church. Don't you understand that when the voice of fire is on your life, you can speak into somebody and change it right there. Hallelujah, church. The voice of fire can change your life and the lives of others. It has happened so many times. How many of us were saved because of a voice of fire? Now watch this. Out here on this side of the country, we see wildfires that rage out of control. A wildfire can change the very landscape of an area. In fact, it can seem unquenchable. Now, many of you sitting in here are from California. You watch as as these wildfires consume neighborhoods, some rich, some poor, but it just keeps raging, right? Now, here's the thing. We here live in a, in a in a desert in Las Vegas, right? Yeah, okay. A fire can absolutely burn out of control. Now, normally, I want to ask you a question. What do people pray for when there's something, when there's something raging? They pray for what? Rain. Ah, I see. <clears throat> but I need you to understand something tonight, and I promise y'all can come too. I need you to understand that those of you who have been called by God, That are living in the desert for one, just one time in your life, don't pray for rain, pray for fire. Because here's the thing, church, we have to be the voice of fire. in a a desert that is sinful. Don't you understand that revival is coming? And when revival is coming, God needs people who can raise up their voice and speak truth to power. If you are not using your voice, I encourage you to get up off of your feet today and begin to proclaim that God is who he says he is in your life. Do you believe that he is who he says he is? Then give God some praise. Hallelujah. I'm done. I promise I'm done. Y'all can come. I just want to talk to you for it. No, I'm serious. <laughs> I know it's a little abrupt, but that, that's all I got. But look.